Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly! Hello, Judy. What's going on with you today, girl? What's going on? Isn't that a song? What's going on? What's going... Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're the singer of our dynamic duo, not I. Oh, my goodness. Well, if I'm the singer, we are in deep trouble, girl. <laughs> so what do you have for us today, sister? I'm ready for some food. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to continue our same same new series, and it's entitled, for those of you who might have missed the last couple of episodes, we're um on a new series entitled The Weight Loss Prayers, which is actually based on my book on Amazon.com of the same name. And in this book, I share the 30 prayers that I wrote for my own successful weight loss journey. And for those of you who do not know, I was once 240 pounds and a size 22. And my goodness, um, about, it's been almost 20 years ago, Judy, I was reflecting on that, but I had a chest pain that I thought was going to kill me. And in the midst of that, God spoke to me and he said, it is not supposed to be this way. But rather than condemnation, God's words were full of love, kindness, and compassion. And I had a choice to make about whether I was going to believe God and and invite him to show me how it was supposed to be. So like I mentioned, that was December 11, 2003, almost 20 years ago when I made that choice. And I ended up losing 85 pounds and dropped down to a size eight. And but the thing that was most valuable about that journey, Judy, was the closer relationship that I obtained in in my relationship with God. That was the most important thing. And so on my weight loss journey, emotional eating was the major stumbling block to success. And I could not have overcome it without using the spiritual weapon of prayer. So in that book, I wrote the weight loss prayers, those prayers, and I just gathered them up, the prayers that I wrote to help myself through my own successful weight loss journey. So in this session, we're going to discuss what's needed to heal from emotional eating and why trying to overcome this issue in your flesh, which is what I used to do through thinking that if I just had the right diet, that would solve the problem only to lose weight and gain it back. But trying to trust in your flesh to solve a problem like emotional eating is as useless as trusting a fox to guard the hen house. And so by the end of this session, I'm going to share the prayer specifically that I wrote for overcoming emotional eating when the temptation to numb out my emotions with food came. So Judy, what I'm going to ask you to do, and we're going to have John chapter eight, verse 31 to 32, be our focus scripture. But I'm going to ask you to open us up in prayer and then ask you to read that focus scripture. Again, it was John chapter eight, verse 31 to 32. Gracious father, it is a privilege to come before you to be still and know that you are God. You made us, and we are complicated beings. We are 
miraculously complicated physically from all our unique organs and muscles and bones. And we're complicated emotionally. And we want to thank you for that today. We want to thank you, Lord, that you have given us emotions. We know how to, we know what it feels like to love, to be joyful, to be angry, to be sad, to be terrified. And you have given us these, these emotions in some ways, in many ways to celebrate you. Certainly love is a way to celebrate you by loving others. But when it comes to fear or depression or anger, they are warnings. And we're so grateful that you've given us those internal insight that give us warnings. But what we want and what we pray for this day, Lord, is as we begin to assess our response to those warnings, we pray that be those, those emotions be guided by you and your spirit, that we learn from those emotions. We learn to come to you. We learn to listen and hear what are you trying to say to us right now, given the fact I am sad, I'm angry, I'm depressed, I'm lonely. All roads lead to you, Lord. All roads lead to you. So bless Kim in her message today. Open our ears and open our hearts that we might respond rightly to your word. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and read John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, please. I forgot. Okay. John 8. <laughs> I have a short memory, sister. You should have asked me like after. Don't give me two things in a row. Okay. John 8, 31, 32. <laughs> then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Those are powerful words, mm. sister. Yes, they are. And isn't freedom a word that most of us love? I know I do. And, and most of us don't want anything holding us back nor weighing us down. So in this scripture, Jesus promised freedom. However, he said that this freedom has conditions. And the question that we want to ask ourselves is, are we willing to meet those conditions? So at this point, I recommend that our listeners open up their Bibles, Bible app, website, whatever, so that they can see John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32 with their own eyes, even as I break down what those freedom conditions are. So they're actually, like I mentioned, there's three conditions. So the first one is that we believe in Jesus because he was speaking to those who believed in him, who believed him. And so the condition is that we are a disciple of Jesus Christ, which means that we believe in him as the son of God and that we believe his word is true. So the first one is believe. The second condition is that we abide in his word. 
And the word abide means living in, dwell, a way of life. It's not a passing visit. Doesn't mean just getting a few scriptures in on Sunday and then forgetting about the word the rest of the week. It means living in. But to live in God's word, that means that we have to know what it says. We have to know, um, meditate on it, allow that word to seep into our hearts and minds with an idea of getting to understanding that word and then getting the Holy Spirit to show us how to apply it in our daily lives. And we know listeners that that's how we do each week with stirring words. Our mission is to stir up the body of Christ through the word of God, to have it minister to your hearts, to give you wisdom and taking care of your bodies so that you live a victorious life in Christ. And then finally, number three condition is that God's word becomes truth to you in the way that you live. And as you live it, then freedom becomes yours. So Judy, our freedom, it hinges on the truth that we accept and live by. And this is the way I think about it. The way I think about it is that when you abide in God's word through Jesus Christ, it creates your habitation and your habitation shapes your habits. So let me share one of my favorite quotes. And that is one from Christian author, Dr. Neil Anderson. And he says in part that the power of Satan is in the lie. And if you remove the lie, you remove the power. And I just love that because so many believers are believing the enemy's lies and so are trapped in darkness. In fact, just the other day, I received a message from a lady through TakeBackYourTemple.com that she says she hates herself. And that is nothing but the enemy bringing forth her weaknesses or shortcomings and and, and keeping her trapped in that dark place. But that is not what God wants for her. He wants abundant life for all of us. So we need to ask ourselves questions like these. What do you believe about yourself? Is it what God says about you? What do you believe about your ability to overcome? Is it what God says about it? And then finally, what do you believe about your future? Is it what God says? about your future. So this past weekend, I actually uh, was invited to um, one of my friends was speaking at a church. I was invited to come out and see her speak. And I did. And there was another speaker on the program. And the other speaker spoke about a topic entitled mismanaged emotions. And one of the things that she said was to live in freedom, we must filter our emotions through God's word. She reinforced that for me because, you know, through Take Back Your Temple, that really is one of our main messages in overcoming emotional eating is to filter our emotions through God's word. So I recommend that if you're experiencing any type of emotional storm, that you find out what God says about that particular emotion so that you can use his word as your filter rather than accepting your feelings as the gospel truth. Because even though our feelings may be true, the thought behind them may be a lie. So that is why it's important that we filter our emotion through God's word so that we know the truth that makes us free. So Judy, Let me ask you a question, sis, because I know that 
although your particular struggle wasn't with eating to manage your emotions, that you've had struggles with anger and you've been very transparent about it in your book, Sprinkled Clean. And anger can turn into an emotional storm where you act out of character. So I'm just curious, were there any lies that you believed that fed your anger storms? Woo! Oofta! Uh, <laughs> yes. And you know, when, first of all, I just have to say, I love those questions and I in encourage our listeners to rewind. Those were amazing questions. What do you believe about yourself? Is that what God says about you? What do you believe about your ability to overcome and about your future? And is that what God says? Those are amazing questions that like sit down with a journal and a pen. So Mm -hmm. your question is, were there lies behind my emotional anger firestorms And I'm embarrassed to say there were several. One that I still feed into, which is ridiculous, is I don't have time for this. I mean, I can get all stirred up over slow lines in the grocery store. You talk about stupid. And it comes from, I've also shared with you that when I own my own business, I was struggling for 30 years financially and time was money. So I was psychotic about time management. And so, but by God's grace, I don't have to be psychotic anymore. But those old habits, those old lies, I don't have time for this. Instead of the truth is God is sovereign. He's allowed this situation, whether I'm sitting in an airport or standing in line or, or, you know, whatever it is that I'm being inconvenienced. God is sovereign. He allowed it. And I do have time for this because this is where God's put me. So that was one lie. I don't have time for this. One is, this is absolutely unconscionably unacceptable. (laughs) Judge Judy. I mean, oh my gosh, what you did (laughs) is absolutely unconscionably unacceptable whatever it is you did that just flipped my bick versus the world, its people, organizations are flawed, are broken, and we are called to extend grace and not judgment. But oh no, I'm Judge Judy. And then the third, and all these are really sort of wrapped around this third one. and, And it's the how dare you. And it's the lie, Kim, is that I am the center of the universe. How dare you delay me? How dare you inconvenience me? How dare you're stupid, create more work for me? How dare you? And when in fact, in Matthew 20, it says, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I can't even wait in line five extra minutes, let alone give my life as a ransom for many. So Matthew 20, 26 to 28, that is truth. And all my hoopla is based on lies. 
And Judy, I, I just appreciate your transparency so much because I'm sure our listeners and me can relate to those feelings at times when we get impatient, when we get frustrated with other people. And and it's just amazing how you use the word of God to give yourself a reality check. Well, and if I might interject, Kim, the whole gist mm-hmm. of Sprinkled Clean, uh, my anger issues only got into Sprinkled Clean after like the third edit. And that was the epiphany when I was seeking counseling about these anger issues. And the epiphany was my passions of the flesh are really no different than someone else who's demanding sugar or demanding, I'm not going to go for that walk, or I hate exercise, or demanding, you know, whatever they're demanding that is counter to temple well, temple care. It's the same thing. It's all about all of us when we succumb to the passions of the flesh versus surrendering to the spirit. And we all just do it differently, but we all do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right, sister. And I was just recalling about how early on in my process, when I would have issues with wanting to binge off of sugar, you know, to help me manage some feeling that I didn't want to feel. And when I would have that temptation to give into it, I would just sigh and I would say, well, Kim, that's a win. And my win was is W-I-N-S, which means why I need a mm. savior. And that really does give put you in a position of humility because it makes you realize how dependent we are upon Jesus to give us that truth that sets us free. So I'm so grateful for for the Lord and the word because his word is stability. It is our ultimate source of truth. And all of us in whatever capacity where we're tested and tempted, we need to renew our minds so that our thoughts are consistent with the word of God so that we are good representations of the kingdom of God. We're called to be ambassadors for Christ. And so that's one thing that we want is we do not want to be a stumbling block for someone else coming to Christ. We always want to be submitted to the word of God so that we can go forth in light that will give people an alternative who are still caught up in dark things. So this is one scripture that I meditated on in my emotional eating challenge. And this scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. And here's how it goes. And many of us are familiar with this one. And this is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I admit, you know, emotional eating, that struggle, it wasn't one that I wanted, but God, he brought me closer to him in dependency in our relationship that I would have had otherwise if I had not had that struggle. And um, that was one issue um, in which God turned my mess 
into a message. <laughs> and that's what I focus on with Take Back Your Temple. So, you know, God brought something good out of it. So from this perspective, though, overcoming emotional eating, Christian emotional management is crucial. So just like you did, Judy, if if our listeners find themselves being angry, then part of their healing requires that they find scriptures related to anger, related to peace that will help them to see the truth in that situation from God's perspective. And if they're depressed to find scriptures related to sorrow and joy. So again, they can get God's perspective on that situation and, or if someone hurt them to read scriptures about what the Bible says about forgiveness. And so what I recommend is that our listeners read those scriptures, meditate on them. They can highlight them if they have a physical printed Bible, write the scriptures on index cards, or if they're using a phone or iPad or whatever to use the notes app so they can find these scriptures easily if needed in the future. In fact, I recommend that if it's an emotion that you battle a lot, that you memorize those key related scriptures. And as you meditate on these scriptures, ask the Lord in prayer to show you the truth of the situation, to comfort your pain, to minister to your heart and ask him, what should you do to handle that emotion in a way that glorifies him? And one of the things that I love to do is to read scriptures and journal about them because the Lord gives me so much insight from my reading. And to me, one of the emotions that I know that the enemy does when it comes to dealing with our emotions is that he uses fear to keep us in bondage as in, I won't be able to handle this or I feel so overwhelmed. And as Judy mentioned earlier, God gave us emotions for a reason, but these emotions were meant as a tool for us not to rule us. So Judy, do you have any insights as to these truths that I just talked about or story that any um, other scriptures that might help you or have helped you in your anger struggle? I just want to get your insights so far. Well, it's interesting because for me, the scriptures, and there are many that basically say, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't be angry. Or those just calling for us to be full of grace and kindness and peace. Though I read those and though I prayed for those, meaning I knew I could not do that. Like kindness and grace is not my natural DNA. Mm -hmm. I use those scriptures as a foundation for my prayer to say, God, I can't do this. And then the scriptures that I clung to were those that promised he would change me. He would change the desires of my heart. Like there were, there were a handful, but I, Psalm 37 has always resonated for me probably because I've also shared that in my 30 years of promoting health and wellness, I was a pauper most of those years. And I remember sharing with a woman, Psalm 37, starting with verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm like, he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, I've been asking him to increase my income. He hasn't. And what she shared with me in her biblical wisdom was, Judy, what that says is he will change the desires of your heart. He will change your affections. He will soften that hard heart. So to continue with Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. So I started not, so I prayed for grace and kindness and gentleness, but I prayed claiming his promise that he would do it. When I go through that, and you and I have done this before, Kim, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will act. He will bring forth. He will do it. And so I think for our listeners, it's the same thing. It's it, certainly it's praying for self-control. It's praying for reallocating or, or, or readjusting the reactions when you're feeling anxious or, you know, whatever it is, but the focus is the same. Lord, change the desires of my heart. Act. You say you will act. I need you to act. I need you to bring forth that self-control. I mean, that's a no lose because he wants us to have the fruit of the spirit and self-control for y'all might be not eating a box of donuts, but self-control for me is not ripping somebody a new head, but self-control is self-control. And that is about prayerfully asking God to change our hearts. And that is such wisdom, Judy. I appreciate you for sharing that because then in that way, then God gets the glory for when we are empowered to do what the Bible says, because we know from a natural perspective, we cannot do it. In our flesh, just like I mentioned earlier about trust, trying to trust the fox to guard the hen house. No, it's the same principle. We're like, no, we cannot do it. We are that fox. Our flesh is that fox. Uh, I'll say flesh because we're new creations, but our old selves, we're like the fox trying to guard the hen house. It's like, no, I don't care how much, you know, you want to do the right thing. You just don't have it in you without God's spirit working in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So thank you so much. We And we, we certainly have many opportunities to display the glory of God when he empowers us to do what we cannot do on our own. So now I'm going to go ahead and read that prayer that I wrote for overcoming emotional eating. And we're getting ready to close out here. But now you're going to see how scripture, scriptural truth comes into play in this prayer. So let us pray. Righteous Father. I admit that I've been struggling with emotional eating for a long time. You said in your word that your strength is made perfect in my weakness. I come to you right now to confess this area of weakness to you and ask for your strength in helping me to overcome it. I can't do this alone. Help me to experience your powerful saving grace today. Fill me with your love, joy, and peace. Give me the courage to face the truth about my eating habits and the effects that they are having on my body now 
and the effects they will have in the future. The truth may hurt, but I'd rather deal with reality of truth rather than the false security of lies. Reveal to me how this habit negatively impacts my spiritual, emotional, and physical health. Show me the emotions that are driving my behavior and give me the courage to feel them rather than drowning them under food. You have promised to never leave me or forsake me, and I trust you will be with me every step of my recovery process. In the name of Jesus, help me to restore a right relationship with food and put it in its proper place, that of only healing, energizing, and nourishing my body. Help me to put you first in all things. I thank you, Father, that you hear me and always hear me. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Judy, as we get ready to close, do you have any closing thoughts about this particular weight loss prayer? Well, it is so evident of a humble heart. And the word says, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. So I pray that our listeners will pray that prayer, but I hope that you who are listening would write your own prayers with your own broken and contrite heart, asking that God would sprinkle your heart clean. But in the midst of listening, Kim, to your prayer, I think there are phrases that everyone can incorporate into their own prayer rendition. And that is, I admit, you said in your word, I can't. Help me. Fill me. Reveal to me. Give me courage. Show me the emotions, the thoughts, the beliefs that are driving my behavior and give me the courage to feel them. Restore a right relationship with food and with you. So thank you, Kim, for sharing your heart and a a piece of your life that God was absolutely transforming your heart. It's, it is a privilege to be part, to, to get sort of an inner look into that, that story of yours, that, that testimony of yours. So thank you for these prayers. Oh, you're welcome, sister. And, and my hope, and I know it is yours too, that all of our listeners, as they're going through this healing journey of taking care of their bodies as, as God's temple through stirring words and what we're hearing that through these lessons that, that each of them come to know the Lord better today than they did yesterday. And that is always they, their testimony that Lord, I thank you that I know you better today than I did yesterday because I invited you to come into my earthly experience and reveal your truth and perfect your strength in my weakness. So in that way, 
Not only do our listeners receive the blessing for better health now through what we're talking about through stirring words in these episodes, but they have a stronger relationship with the Lord that is going to last beyond their lives here on this earth, last all the way into eternity. So Judy, that is it for our episode on what the weight loss prayers. And we're talking about emotional eating today. We did talk about that. And God willing, next week, we will meet for another episode and continue on this series. So sister, I love you with the love of the Lord. And I pray that you have a wonderful week and we'll talk next week. Love you big. You have a good week too. Thank you, sister. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.